You're listening to the Annuity Agents Podcast with Bill Broach and Anthony Owen, co-founders of Safe Money Radio Marketing and regular contributors to ThinkAdvisor and other industry publications. Bill is a 100 plus million dollar annuity producer, co-founder of annuity.com and an internet branding and reputation expert. Anthony has helped agents and advisors across the country achieve annuity production premiums in excess of $20 million per year and is president of Annuity Agents Alliance and Annuity Innovation Systems. Each week, Bill and Anthony update you on the annuity business with marketing, sales process, and case design strategies based on actual practice, not theory. Notes for this week's podcast can be found at annuityagentsalliance.com. This podcast is for licensed financial professional use only. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to our podcast. and uh, Nice to have you all here. Uh, in case you haven't been wondering, I see the House passed the $1.9 trillion bill and it's going to be signed on Friday. I thought it was interesting, uh, for those of you who might might run into this, there was a tucked into that bill was a $86 billion aid package to help uh, multi-employer uh, pension plans, which are generally smaller unions that band, band together. You don't have to be to be a multi-employer. It doesn't have to be a union. But I thought it was really interesting on this. Uh, multi-employer plans are a little bit different. If you run across them, and, and they'll have a different name other than the big pension plans. They do fall under the state guarantee or the federal pension guarantee fund, but they have uh, less less guarantees on them, and they have far more uh, latitude in how they set their pension up. For instance, they're the ones the the pension fund itself sets the contribution by the employees. They manage the returns through their own fiduciary, and they operate off the, the mortality table of standards, which means that if they don't manage the money right or don't have enough money to manage, it's going to fail. Anyway, I thought this was interesting in this uh, COVID relief act that this would be stuck in there along with lots of other pork that probably in there that we don't know, know about yet. <clears throat> this isn't the first time this has happened under the previous administration in 2019. There was a $1.4 trillion aid that was passed for the coal miners union, which affected about 100,000, I think, is the number of coal miners that were shorted. So this is not something new and uh, that's gone on or just started now. This has been going on for a long, long time in all sorts of different ways. But it uh, lets us know how pathetic we manage some of these funds. Pension funds probably are. If you run into people with those, you know, at least there might be the opportunity to at least explain this information to them, so on and so forth. I'm not saying they should cash the pension in and buy an annuity from us. I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying is, look, there's a lot of information available. Make sure your prospects are informed and that uh, so they fully understand how, how this all works. Uh, if you haven't been on the notes, you can see my big fish there looking, uh, <laughs> looking oddly. I had a, I had a, actually it was a quite fun experience last weekend. I got fished uh, by from a good friend of mine. Uh, she lives in uh, she and her husband live in Washington State, and someone hacked into her uh, email account. By the way, in case you're not aware, Microsoft has been fighting a huge problem on hacking on it. And when they made the announcement, it just simply attracted more hackers. So if you use uh, any of the Microsoft uh, email systems, which I do and I have for 20 years, 
he could be a victim of, of, of this. He has to be real careful. But this came to me. Uh, her name's Donna, and she has uh, known, known them for a long, long time. And as a reach out, hey, could you do a favor for me? And if you have me on the notes, it's pretty interesting how it goes. And what's also interesting is the verbiage in the emails back to me from alias Donna are tip-offs that this has been written by someplace uh, that doesn't have active use of English. Uh, so instead of saying glad to hear from you, they were glad to read back from you, that sort of stuff. So I played along with it and said, what can I do? Finally got down to the pitch, and the pitch was to buy a $300 Google Play card, gift card, and be scratch it and send the code to them. And uh, I said, uh, what's not on here is I, I knew it's fakery, and I said, you know, I'm not sure this is Donna. Is this, are you, is this some kind of a payback for a golf bet we lost or something like that? And the minute I went off that direction, it immediately stopped. The point is this, is our prospects and our clients are get uh, inundated with this all the time. I get about eight a day uh, phishing things on, the, on Microsoft uh, uh, Outlook, and uh, it's just they just come all the time. I was keeping track for a long time, but I uh, finally quit. There's so much of it. But, uh, the point is, is you uh, you have to be really, really careful for it. And so, uh, also, this phishing has come over into Google Docs. If any of you use Google Docs, you could be also be uh, part of this. And that comes across as hey, we have a, a Google Doc for you. Click on this PDF. It's important information. So. You click on it, and they have been able to seize your database and seize all that. The point is we got this in, this information. Smart agents will get this out to their prospects and clients, do it as a handout, do it as an email, or do it as a verbal communication with them. Be careful. It's so easy to get seduced into this stuff, and I'm pretty experienced on emails. I'm pretty experienced on all this stuff, and it's still easy. Uh, yesterday, believe it or not, Costco got hacked. And uh, when they send out their flyer of what's on sale this week, there was a fake one, the real one, and an hour later a fake one. All sent to me, all look identical. You have to look at the who sends it to you, but it's the same one had been copied and resent out. So this is really good information to have and good things to have to share with your prospects and your clients, especially those who aren't maybe up to date on how this all is. But you, by providing this information, you can certainly enhance your relationship with them. Moving on a little bit under marketing, uh, as you know, many as many of you know, we uh, have started a new little part of our company. It's called Newspaper Columnists. They're called Syndicated Columnists. And we reached out and joined the National Society of Newspaper Columnists, and that's a very interesting little project, the newspapers, so on and so forth. And there's a list of our current uh, uh, our current uh, columnists. And if you're interested in this program, it's a, it's, it takes a long time to get everybody associated with it. If you email me and like me to like me to like to visit with me a little about it, I'm more than happy to do it. But uh, it's another way of possibly having a, a, another lead generation system. It's, uh, it's free stuff too. So uh, with that, Anthony, why don't I why don't you jump in and we'll go from there. Well, thanks, Bill. Um, so you know, there's some interesting things going on with products right now. American Equity. Uh, I've been speaking to the people over there and been in communication about some of the things that they're trying to do. And uh, they've come out with a new product called the Asset Shield 10, and it also comes in a seven-year and a five-year version. This is going to re- replace the destinations 
product, but the indexes on the destination product are actually going to move over to this product. So technically, the destinations product isn't really going away. It's just the indexes are moving over to the asset shield. Uh, there are some new indexes available through this asset shield. Uh, one of them is the SG Global uh, Sentiment Index, and then they have some others. Um, we have some software. Um, some people might not realize, uh, not only did we build out software that compares all income il illustrations, all income writers, um, who has the highest guaranteed income, and then puts up to 18 income writers on one page that shows you every single year of deferral and color codes, which ones are the highest, the second highest, the third highest, so on and so forth, um, so that you and your clients can look on one sheet of paper and see uh, that uh, who's performing the best and be able to do case design quickly. And we actually use that software for you if you're partnered with us and doing business with us and build case design with that. But we also have another software that compares all illustrated rates. Uh, and there's there's some software out there that says that it does that, but there's we've found just tons of errors in in some of these software programs. The one that we're using uh, has been really accurate. And when looking at American equity uh, on a fee basis, so this, you know, in the notes here, if you're on page uh, 13, it shows the best 10-year, the worst 10-year, and the most recent 10-year. On this software, it compares the most recent 10-year, and uh, American Equity is illustrating number one and number two for the highest illustrated growth. That doesn't mean that you believe, you know, what these illustrated rates are, that they're going to materialize. You know, it is what it is. It's backcasting. Um, you know, we, we need to be smarter than our software and our illustrations and things like that. But uh, it is the highest illustrated uh, rates right now uh, for fee and also for no-fee uh, growth. They do have no-fee options on this. And um, so American Equity is trying to be, you know, the message from this is basically American Equity is trying to be competitive. Uh, they're trying to get back into the business of uh, being, you know, in the top five uh, carriers uh, for production. They've been really aggressive with their MIGA rates, uh, and we've seen some rate reductions there lately. But for a while, they had the top uh, three-year MIGA out of all other companies. And it's good to see them back in the in the in the race because they, you know. You know, I'd say probably 60% of her business at one time was American Equity. That's fallen off a lot over the years, and other carriers have come into play. But, uh, you know, the more competition, the more better. Uh, we love to see these carriers fighting for position because that's better for us and better for our clients, right? Uh, speaking of MIGA rates, we are seeing some decreases, like I said, not just with American Equity, just but around. Keep in mind with MIGAs, it doesn't really matter uh, how high our rates are uh, compared to, you know, what we might want them to be. It's really a comparison between bank rates. And uh, we have seen multi, multi, multi-million dollar policies going through. I've seen more MIGAs sold in the last year than I've seen probably in the previous 10 years of helping agents. 
and that is because there is a lot of lazy money out there uh, that people do not want to expose to the market. Uh, they might have enough money that they don't really need planning per se in the traditional sense that we would do income planning, uh, but they don't like it sitting in the bank earning 0.01%. And so uh, this is something to consider when you're marketing your clients or when you're hitting your database. Uh, you know, clients that have six or seven or $10 million, uh, they, they will not hesitate to move a million or two million dollars into a MIGA with a two percent plus interest rate um, because that's a big difference between getting nothing from the bank. So keep that in mind. I've seen a lot of million dollar plus policies being moved into MIGAs uh, for wealthy clients, uh, something to look for and to chase after uh, with your client base out there. Back to you, Bill. Thanks, Anthony. Good stuff, as always. Hey, I want to give you a tip. Uh, I made a $200,000 sale off this uh, this tip I'm going to give you. It's a tax risk management tip, and you'll see it on statements that hold uh, mutual funds. Uh, this fund, this particular sample, is just it's an example of what this case was. But these people had bought this uh, mutual fund 20 years ago, and uh, they live in, in Bellevue, Washington, and it's a great, really nice couple. And I, I remember this case very, very well. But their cost basis was listed as $15,000. So it had grown to 200000 uh, and that example is on the notes. So their their thought was, gee, if we sell it, I've got to pay capital gains tax on the difference between 15000 and 200000 they wanted to move their money to safety and security. They wanted to use a, a, a my annuity product, but they wouldn't didn't want to face the tax liability. So I knew that that basis couldn't be correct over a 20-year period. So the three of us called the mutual fund company, and we just had a simple inquiry. Can you tell us what the taxable basis is on it? And the taxable basis was $185,000. I think it's, I think it's on that 100, whatever it is. 194,000 was the actual uh, tax basis. And the reason that, that the, they illustrated was what the original investment was. But every year that this mutual fund had made a profit and uh, would share it out in the form of the 1099. And that 1099 was taxable to the to the folks that own that mutual fund. That 1099 every year increases cost basis in that fund. So that oftentimes the the basis that's posted on a mutual fund statement is not what the actual cost basis is. So simply by calling and getting verification from the mutual fund company of what their cost basis was, because it was adjusted annually as they pay taxes on it. I was able then to move this over because their tax liability for uh, moving this was virtually nil because they had been paying the tax liability all along. And so it was a nice, nice, easy sale, a couple hundred thousand dollars sale that I wouldn't have been able to be made without knowing how the tax basis works on statements and of verifying that by simply calling the mutual fund company. So there's a great little tip. Everybody will run into one of these a couple of times a year. It's a great little way of getting that sale by making them understand what their tax liability. 
Also, while we're on mutual funds, I had a question a, a while back having to do with turnover ratios and how to calculate them. And on mutual funds, a turnover ratio is the percentage of assets held by that fund that are bought and sold within the last 12 months. Uh, sometimes they're on an annual reporting, sometimes they're on a trailing 12 month, 12 month reporting. But what that really means is people that are, who manage mutual funds buy and sell those assets as they try and change categories, increase categories, have a tax reason. There could be all sorts of things that could do it. That's called the turnover ratio. Every time an asset is bought and sold in a mutual fund, there's two things that happen. There's exposure to expenses, and there's exposure to tax liability. And so if your your philosophy or your, your client's philosophy is buy and hold, then they would want to have an asset that, that fit their goal, but also one that had, didn't have a lot of turnover ratio. And of course, the, traditionally the lowest turnover ratio would be the S&P 500 funds. Those are really adjusted annually, nor, normally in December every year, as, uh, as the S&P 500 has adjusted, and they mimic the S&P 500. So the turnover ratio on a S&P 500 fund is probably around 3% in most years. But if you're one to have a fund that's actively managed, that turnover ratio can be extremely high. And I put the uh, FINRA's code, uh, guideline for what's low and what's average and what's high on this. So they're saying anything over 120% uh, of the expense ratio is very high. I've seen them 500, and I've, I have one that I searched for so I could find for you. I couldn't remember their name on it, but it was a it was, uh, uh, over 3,000% turnover ratio. So constant exposure to expenses and tax liability, constant like that. So when you talk to your prospects and you look at these statements, you always want to mention turnover ratio because I assure you almost no one that owns mutual funds knows this. And they want to have, and so you can see, is your fund tax efficient? Well, what does that mean? Well, what's the turnover ratio? And simply by mentioning that and explaining how turnover ratio works, will, in fact, uh, let them make some better choices, even in the mutual fund period, or maybe time to move to safety and security. So there's a link on here. I found a pretty good link about turnover ratios, and I, I left that link on there if you'd like more information. It's uh, it's uh, all right there. And uh, e easy, things, e easy thing to uh, go through and, ex and explain, so on and so forth. Um, Another thing I thought was interesting this week is uh, Elliott Investment Management. Maybe some of you know them. They are at, they're an activist in the, uh, investment company, and that means when they they will tell a company they're going to buy their stock, and they will tell the company how to run their company. That recently happened with the principal. They end up owning uh, owning two percent of the outstanding common shares on the principal, and that was enough to force a board seat. And that was enough to tell the principal that they're not running their company well enough and that they have too much guaranteed stuff. Remember, the principal has a wonderful, wonderful company. It goes back to, you know, 150 years probably in that range, one that we've all used over the years and been, been a proud member of the, uh, of the insurance industry. But now they are now removing some of their products that have guarantees because of this activist investment company called Elliott. And so that what that's doing is they're, they are uh, changing the guarantees on some of their funds. They've quit selling one of their life insurance policies that has it. And we're seeing this all over the place because 
that the, the the drive is for more profit for the stockholders by assuming less guarantees for the policyholders. So that's called risk management. And by removing that risk, there's a, there's more opportunities for growth from the investors. But remember, we use insurance companies. Why? And that's because they're risk bearers. They're not the only one that have done this. The Prudential did it, Voya, Accent, AIG, Met, MetLife, they all do it. Even beloved Northwestern Mutual, which is uh, I've, I've, I've been a long-term agent with Northwestern Mutual, they even passed a law in Wisconsin about 10 years ago giving them permission to convert from a mutual company to a stock company. Does that mean they're going to do it? No, it doesn't mean that. It means that they're prepared in case something has to happen, that they have the tax laws in place. And so that is that is happening all the time, driven driven by large investors like Elliot who become activists. With so anyway, uh, it's good information to know and understand that things are not the change. Uh, things are not the same. Fortunately, in our industry, we're holding true to guarantees, unlike the variable annuity side, which would be the investor-owned side. So, we that. under David's picture, I thought there was an interesting uh, webinar coming up, having to do with uh, deeper relationships with women as our target market. By the way, in case you missed it, I'm sure no one did, but the Monday was International Women's Day, and uh, that should be an honored uh, honored day and, and, and something that we all reflect back on. I'm currently reading The Daughters of Kobana about uh, the fight against ISIS. <laughs> he talked about uh, a fight for women's rights. Boy, oh, boy, that is at the basic. If you get a chance, it's a great little read. Anyway, there's a chance to sign up for this, to register for this. Them by Pack Life, uh, good stuff to do it. Uh, underneath, uh, underneath Cheryl, uh, Cheryl Moore, uh, American Equity, which Anthony covered. It's a big deal to have, have uh, uh, American Equity back into it. Uh, the uh, down a little farther, how do the new Department of Labor rules impact insurance producers? Uh, we're, I, I don't know about you, I'm still waiting for clarification on it. When we know exactly how this is going to do, we'll get. Uh, I guess I'm here to explain more, more, more on down down through it. And there's a whole lot of stuff, and there's probably 30 or 40 other other entries into it. So, with that, I I think I think we finished uh, our podcast for the day. And uh, David, anything to, for you to add to it? No, no good, Bill. I, I have one quick good? thing. Just a, yeah, yeah, on the American Equity, real quick. Those those indexes all have a bailout feature too. Uh, which I think is very interesting. So if the participation, one of the participations on the, on one of the strategies is 210%. Um, and they have bailout features. So if the, uh, index participation rate falls below a certain amount, uh, it does waive all surrender charges. Uh, so, uh, we can get you more details for that. Just email Tony at annuityagentsalliance.com and, and you get your rate sheets and things like that and talk to you about the product if you have any questions. It's good to have them back in the game, actually. Yep, it's true. All right. Hey, thanks, everybody, for being on the call. Really appreciate it. See you all next week. Thanks for listening to the Annuity Agents Podcast with Bill Broach and Anthony Owen. Check back each week for a new episode. For more information on how Annuity Agents Alliance will help you build your annuity business, go to annuityagentsalliance.com or call 888-742-4444.
4368. If you like the show, please leave your rating and review on the podcast channel where you found the show. The information and opinions expressed here from third parties or guests are believed to be reliable, but the information cannot be verified or guaranteed by Annuity Agents Alliance. The opinions of guests do not necessarily represent the opinions of Annuity Agents Alliance or its partners. The prior information does not represent tax, legal, or investment advice and is for licensed financial professional use only.